Part One, Chapter Eleven of Life and Lillian Gish. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Thomas Peter. Life and Lillian Gish by Albert Bigelow Payne. Part One, Chapter Eleven. Supporting Bernhardt. There is some difficulty as to the sequence of Lillian's story. As we have seen, she did not go out with her mother and Dorothy that second season of Her First False Step. She had a part in another play, The Child Wife, or At Duty's Call. It is not quite certain which came first. The little trooper did not know that she was making history, did not consider a time when it all might need to be arranged. She did not keep a scrapbook, and had no one to keep it for her. She probably did not think of a diary, and in any case would have been too tired to sit down what, to her, was the humdrum routine of trains and towns and waits and scanty meals. Later, it was all a good deal of a blur. A few things stood out, because they were unusual, but even these did not always fall into their proper setting, as to time. There are spaces not easy to bridge, pieces difficult to fit into the picture puzzle of the years. She remembers the tragedy of finding at the beginning of one season that she could no longer squeeze herself through the iron divisions of the station seats. She remembers that for a time she took lessons in dancing, stage dancing. Both she and her mother had realized the value of this. One able to dance could often get a better part. Sarah Bernhardt came to New York that winter, and seeking a child dancer to brighten some scene in one of her plays, went to a dancing teacher and from his class selected Lillian. Bernhardt was over sixty at this time, but was still the divine Sarah with the voice of gold. Her engagement at the Lyric Theatre began with a very grand opening, December 15th, 1905. Plenty of attractions along Broadway just then. At Wallach's, William Faversham in The Squaw Man, David Warfield at The Bijou in The Music Master, Maud Adams at the Empire, and Peter Pan. The little Gish girl had distinguished company in all directions for her first Broadway appearance. Perhaps that was a good omen. Lillian's recollection of that engagement is chiefly a mental picture of a tall and beautiful woman, Sarah, who each night in the wings, as they waited to go on, laid her hand on her head and said, tenderly, something in French, Le petit ange a beau cheveux d'or if one may hazard a guess. Then, with another little girl, she danced. She was deeply impressed by the fact that the stage was covered with canvas for the actors to walk on. The stages she had known were not like that. Oh, not at all. And did somebody appear and carry her off quite suddenly? Kidnap her? She has that impression, but cannot be certain. Long afterwards, when she herself had become famous, Madame Bernhardt sent her affectionate messages. Lillian's memory was never very good as to events and surroundings. She memorized her parts easily enough, and her lessons, because she worked very hard at any task. At the beginning of each season came a period of rehearsing, with many new sides, pages, to be learned, if the play was a new one. Absorbing things, these. Other matters, the daily round, the people she met, the details of an environment, interfered little with the cadences of her thoughts, 
left but a drifting impression on that fairy mind of hers. While still a child, she had seen too much, and too many, of everything. And it had all been just a pursuit of sleep and desirable food, and a longing for the shelter of a mother's arms. That last, especially, when one was not well. Nights. Days, too. Oh, yes, and the ache of homesickness. Is it any wonder that, more and more, her face took on that wistful look that one day would be regarded almost as its chief charm? There were happier things, even another Christmas tree, quite a big one. In Detroit, the stage entrance of the theatre where At Duty's Call was playing opened on an alley, and just across was a store where automobile parts were sold. The men who owned it went to the play, and took enough interest in the child star to go to the manager and offer to have a tree for her in their back room. All the company was invited, and came. Such a beautiful tree, with so many nice things on it. A grateful little girl was quite overcome, especially by a handsome sled which the company had bought for her. Everybody said that it must go with her on the road, and they saw to it that it did. Always, after that, when there was snow, even if only just a little snow, they pulled her to the station on it, after the performance. End of Part 1, Chapter 11